Well, good morning. It is so good to be here with you folks. I love this time of year. I used to watch my dog for hours. And when it smelled something, it would like lift its nose up like two inches. I want to see if we can all do that. Can, 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 if you need a gauge, put your finger in front of you. Lift, lift your nose up two inches and sniff. You smell it? Love is in the air. I smell it. My niece said I wouldn't do that in church, and I just did it. I got everybody to raise their nose and sniff. Yesterday, my daughter Hope got married. I must be the first one to wear a tuxedo with Crocs. And nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. She wanted to do a father-daughter dance. And I really didn't want to do it. And she had talked to me before and said, Dad, you know, if I, I have music for a father-daughter dance, but you know, I don't know if they do that now. So if you don't want to do it, that's fine. So my niece, Crystal, who's here from... Louisiana is actually the friendliest city in America. That's where she lives, in Lafayette, Louisiana. But she convinces me, Uncle, you got to dance with your daughter. So we dance to Butterfly Kisses. And when, as we're dancing, she says, Dad, as I was growing up, I would always hear this song played at weddings. And I said to myself, when I get married, I'm going to dance with you to that song. She kept squeezing me so hard and saying, I love you so much. And I'm so thankful I listened to my niece. Because I was kind of busted. <laughs> but it was, it was good. Today, I feel like Christmas is a season of good news. And the good news is John 3.16. And this scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The youth, they're all wearing shirts that have that scripture on the back. When I saw the first one, I was like, God, you're so cool. I was like, I'm preaching on that, and, and you're wearing it. But somebody told them, and so they all wore their shirts. But I just think that's the coolest thing, man. That's the coolest thing. Awesome. Thank you, guys. In my life, I've been to many Christmas parties. But I've never been to a birthday party for Jesus. And isn't that what Christmas is about? 
I think sometimes we get lost in Christmas. I want to buy the perfect gift for my wife. I want to buy the perfect gift for my coworker. Not too expensive, not too cheap, but just the perfect gift. And my wife goes all out on his birthday. She buys like hats. She buys those blowers. She has favors. So I was thinking we should have a birthday party for Jesus. So my nieces are going to help pass this out for me. <laughs> so my brother John and me, we stayed up late. We're baking at 1230. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's my daughter Hope and my son Theo. So happy birthday, Jesus. Yeah? After we sing, we'll shout happy birthday, Jesus, and, and, and give it a blow. Try it, try it out. Try it out. Oh, there you go. All right. I like it. Looking good. Okay, Gary. Me, 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 me. Oh. Okay. Huh? Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy birthday to you. Woo! dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jesus! All right. I was a little troubled last night because I felt like I was arguing with my niece about why we're singing happy birthday to Jesus. So I did a little research and no one actually knows when Jesus' birthday was. So it could actually be on the 16th of December. So I think we're okay. I told her if I was preaching on December 25th, I would do the same thing. Say, like, I go to your birthday party, Ryan. What, what would I bring to your birthday party? What would everybody bring to your birthday party? Oh, what would they bring? No? Presents. That's right. Oh, smart. You know, actually, Ryan is the student of the year at her school. She was, she was so embarrassed she wouldn't tell me, but I think that's awesome. A birthday present. So I feel like we should be bringing a birthday present to Jesus during this season. And the birthday present we need to bring is good news. So what does that look like? In my life, there's a FedEx lady that delivers my packages from Amazon and eBay. I love her. Since I've been retired, I wait for her. But she always, it's, it's like I'm the last stop, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So I figured I'm going to start bribing her. So I start baking things. And even if she doesn't deliver anything, I run out there and I give it to her. 
and she's so happy. But my packages still come at five o'clock. It's not working. So my dad, he wanted me to grow lily koi so he could make jelly. So me and my brother, we plant lily koi vines. And I tell my brother, I hope this thing has fruit before he dies. But it actually, my dad is old, I'm sorry. But um, it actually does. And the first year, he makes like over 30 cases of lilikoi jelly. He's like full on into it. The second year, maybe he does like 25 cases. He's done by the third year. So he calls me over and he shows me how to make the secret jelly that everybody loves. So the FedEx lady is buying jelly for my mom to send to her daughter in the mainland. So the third year she goes, can I buy some lilikoi jelly from you? And she goes, oh, my husband stopped making it. But he taught my son Matt, who lives on the third row, how to make it. So she comes knocking on my door. Can I buy some lilikoi jelly? Your mom sent me up here. So she starts getting her lilikoi jelly from me. She actually moves routes after several years. And so she writes me a card thanking me for being a good customer, telling me that I'm on this route, but if I have any lily koi jelly to sell, if I could contact her. So she leaves her address, her number, and, and so by the third year, I'm like tired of making jelly, so I don't make it anymore. <laughs> so I don't answer her. So, but I keep the card, but I don't know where I kept it. So this past November, I actually, I don't know what possessed me, but I made jelly. And I was thinking of her, and I said, I wish I had kept the card, because I would call her, and I feel so bad for not giving it to her for two years. I would just give it to her for free. Two weeks after I make the jelly, there's a knock on my door. I was like, hello, it's the FedEx lady. I was like, hey, I was just thinking of you. I came to see if you had any jelly. I was like, I have four jars I was saving for you. So she comes in, we hang out for like an hour and a half. Come to find out she had injured her back on the job. She has been out of work for seven months. And the doctor won't release her to go back to work. The doctor says, you can only lift 20 pounds. And she said, no, I have to lift 70 to 100. You got to write that so I can go back to work. Because if I cannot have my job, I have to move back to the mainland. Because it's so expensive to live in Hawaii. So she's like, I'm, I'm trying to apply for a job as a dispatcher at FedEx. But they're kind of giving me a hard time. So I filled out this application, and my application was 21 pages long. And she tells me all the things she's, she's done at FedEx. So she's like, can you pray for me, Matt? And I was like, okay, let's go. So I received a text this past week saying, Matt, I have an interview on Wednesday. 
but I'm a total wreck because my cousin came over to do a mock interview and she said I did terrible. I don't know what to do. Would you pray for me? And I was like, we'll pray for you. And I felt like God impressed some scriptures on my heart. So I just texted it over. And I was like, I don't think you need to worry. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? So she goes to the interview. She texts me after. Hey, you know what? It went well. I'll find out on Monday if I got the job or not. I think, as Christians, that's the good news that we bring. Sometimes it's just encouragement. My uncle, Randy, he passed away a month ago. So as I was trying to make some favors for Hope's wedding, I was decorating cookies, and I felt like God told me, call up your Auntie Daria and go hang out with her and tell her to stay close to me. So I'm like, okay. So I look at my phone, and out of all my aunties, and there's not too many left because I'm getting kind of up there, her number is in my cell phone. So I call her, and I'm like, oh, auntie, how are you doing? Hey, you want to have breakfast next week? I would love to have breakfast with you. I was like, really? I was like, yeah. So we set up a date, and, and we go out. And these are the things I talk about. I talked about this lady I go to church with, and her name is Lily. A couple weeks ago, Lily had shared a, a testimony with me, and I was so encouraged by it. And I'm going to ask if Lily can come up here and share that with everybody. She had lost her diamond ring. Yeah? Go ahead. Did I blow uh, it? I blew it. Sorry, here, here, you can slap my wrist. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. And thank you for welcoming my husband and I into your family. And of course, the person I do want to thank is Jerry, because she's the one that introduced us to the Ohana Christian Church. Last week when I walked in, Mr. Zane, of course, greeted us, and then he walks up to me and he says, may I talk to you? And I thought, man, I know this man is perceptive and astute. I guess he's going to talk to me about maybe getting counseling about my impatience, because I'm a very impatient person, and I have a smart mouth. When I say smart mouth, not wisdom, smart mouth that stings. I say things that I wished I'd never said because you can't take it back. But I shared with Mr. Zane one day about the belief in prayers. I believe that when you say a prayer, you ask God for the guidance or whatever you want. Then you release it because you believe he heard you and you don't have to repeat it over and over again. Sometimes we believe a prayer wasn't answered because somebody special that you had prayed for left you. But you know what? 
there was a purpose. Left you because maybe you prayed that please heal, make him whole again, don't let him suffer pain. Well, they left you because God called them and they're now in a better place. They don't have pain. They see nothing but glory. The other thing I believe is when you pray, you're really not trusting God that he heard you. And you could pray over and over and over again because you're so anxiety-ridden. And I am a perfect example of that. I misplaced my ring. For two years, well, actually for six months, I prayed fervently. Father, please lead me to my ring. Day and night I was praying. Slowly, the prayers diminished. It may be once a month, etc. After two years, I finally resigned myself that I lost it. I finally, I called the insurance gentleman and I told him I lost my ring. And he said, Lily, you got to find the receipt. Otherwise, all you're going to get is just basically a token amount. And I thought, okay, I accept that. And I'd been looking in the newspaper for rings that looked like my ring. And when I looked at the price, I thought, I can't afford that. I can't go and buy something like that. And I just resigned myself that somehow or other I felt God is teaching me a lesson. I'm not following what I believe. And I released my ring. I thought, well, that's the way it is. And about half a year after that, so it's two and a half years later, one day I sat down and I opened a drawer to get something. And I was pulling out the paper. Suddenly, in this little corner, I saw this little gold thing, and I thought, what in the world is in that drawer? With So I pulled on it. It wouldn't come, and I shoved it, pulled it out. Lo and behold, my ring wow. came out. Wow. I literally cried, and I couldn't help but look upwards, and I prayed, and I thanked God because he taught me some things that I must trust in him, and I must trust in prayers. So must you. Awesome. Thank you, Lily. Thank you. Thank you. So the reason why I like that is because in Revelations 19.10, it says, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So I believe that when Jesus does something for me or somebody around me, he might do it again for somebody else. So I'm ex so excited to hear this story that I tell my wife and my daughter at lunch after church about Lily, about her finding her ring. 
So we go home. Maybe three hours later, I get a call from my daughter, Hope. And she's crying. That is always the call I dread as a dad. Your daughter is calling you and she's not happy. She's crying. And she goes, Dad, I lost my engagement ring. I'm not sure if it was at church or in the parking lot or if it was at the restaurant where we ate or in the bathroom at the restaurant or in Target where I went shopping after. But I'm driving back down to the Target parking lot and I'm going to go search that parking lot. Would you be able to call up Pastor Thomas and ask if he would open the school and look for my ring? I was like, oh, okay, I'll see what I can do. So in my head, I'm thinking, hmm, it's gone. Somebody finds it, it's gone. There's a big diamond on there. But I call up Pastor Thomas. I was like, Pastor Thomas, Hope lost a ring. You think you can, like, see if you can open the school and, and search, you know, every square inch. And then I'll try to come down and look in the parking lot. He's like, okay, well, I'll contact the school and see what we can do. Me and my wife, we hop in our car, we're driving down to Ever Beach, and I get a call about 45 minutes later. It's our daughter, Hope. Dad, you won't believe it. It's a miracle. I found my ring. She goes, after I hung up, I was praying to God that he would help me find my ring. So I'm like, oh, where did you find it? I don't know. I looked in the parking lot at Target for a while, and it wasn't there. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, I was looking through some Christmas stockings. Maybe it's in there. So she said, I was in there for 15 minutes going through all the socks. And when I picked up the last sock in the bin, it was hanging on that sock. And I was just like, that's a miracle. So I'm telling my auntie this story. I, I was telling for a week, I'm telling everybody this story. I was just like, you want to hear a miracle? This is like crazy, because I never thought she was going to get it back. But I think that's some of the good news we need to share. I talked to my auntie Daria about Brian's wife, Julia, about how she has had stage four breast cancer for 1,036 days. The Ohana groups from this church, we did a service project. We partnered with Koolina, and Koolina, they actually fed 4,000 people the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So we went down to the transition shelter, and we fed about 150 people. Julia and her husband, they were down there serving, working hard. And she shared with me that that afternoon, she was going to go pick up a turkey from surfing the nations to bake for the homeless to serve on Thanksgiving. I see pictures of her on Facebook. Early Thanksgiving morning, Brian and Julia are serving turkey. They're like so happy. And she said... Nothing is guaranteed. My diagnosis is terminal. And terminal means terminal. 
but with whatever time I have, I'm going to bless people. I'm going to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So they serve turkey in the morning, and at night I see on Facebook, she has like 10 people over at her house having a party for people who don't have family. She volunteers for Campbell High School, Project Grad, trying to raise funds for the kids. And her kids don't even go to that school. She posts on Facebook, if any of you have someone you know that is going through breast cancer and needs to talk to someone, who needs to vent, who needs support, contact me. Because with whatever time I have, I'm going to make a difference. So I tell my Auntie Daria, look at the people I go to church with. And I share with her, Auntie, God told me to tell you to stay close to him. She goes, I will, Matt. I'll stay close to him. And I was like, you won't believe this, Auntie, but the pastors, they let me speak at the church. And I make the church guys do like the craziest things, and they do it. There you go. And so I was just talking about a message I gave about sometimes we have a spirit of despair on us, a spirit of heaviness, anxiety. But in Isaiah 61, it says, God gives us the garment of praise for that spirit of despair. But sometimes we just put it on the back of a chair. I said, Auntie, you got to put that thing on. So I drop her off. We have the funnest time. We're like laughing for like an hour and a half. And she goes, Matt, I will stay close to God, and I am putting on my garment of praise. Thank you so much. I think that that's the gifts that we need to bring. Whatever God is doing in your life, whatever you see him doing in the people around you, that's what we need to share. That is the gift that we need to bring because that's what Jesus did. God told me to bring good news to everyone in this room. And I was like, oh, that's going to take like two hours. And he said, no. Whatever scripture I have told you over the years that has been good news to you, you give to them. So I said, okay, I'll do that. But I prayed to God and I said, you give it to the person who needs it. So in this blower, there's a scripture. I'm going to play a video with the song. And I want you to bust out your cell phone, because it's okay to use your cell phone in church. Bust out your Bible, look it up, and see the good news that God has for you. Would you play that video, Ralph? I think with the good news that you've received, and I know it spoke to you, that you would realize 
that God says you're his masterpiece. That no weapon formed against you will prosper. That nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love. That you are the apple of his eye. That you have the mind of Christ. Would you join me in whatever good news God is giving you? Whoever he puts on your heart, whoever is in front of you, with wherever you are, with whatever situation you're going through. This Christmas season, can we make it a season of good news and share it? In Jesus' name. Would you pray with me?